And um, yeah, so having to do with it also from these people who who look like you and who may have the same jersey color as you, but in actuality, their 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 history and their lineage going back about five hundred years, maybe three or four, depending on when you were taken out of Africa and where you were where you were put, right? Is not the same, right? That was severed, depending on once again where you're from and where you were bought. That was severed three, four, and five hundred years ago, right? And 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 that we're we're just now reconnecting on that level over the past century or so. So for a good three, four hundred years, once again, depending on where you were bought and where you were from, there was no connection for for some centuries. Right now, there might have been a bit of connection going on between South America, the Caribbean, and North America. Right? There might have, there might be some connection, right? And and a little bit of Europe, but as for the African continent, not so much. So, yes, there are people that are pretending. Right? I would argue a lot of this is pretending because it's about the positionality. You know, for those of you who've been subscribed to me for a while or who've heard me speak for for a while on different channels, I've, I've said this. This is positionality. A lot of people understand what's going on and they try to distance themselves to Black American ADOS because everyone knows that that's supposed to be the bottom. Alright, so um, let me bring you up to speed and I hope I do a decent interpretation of what it is I think Mr. Z is trying to say. All right, so he said that a lot of people are pretending for positionality. What does that mean? You know what the word position means, right? All right, so positionality means who is going to usurp the foundational black American in America? Who's going to become the pet model minority to set itself apart from the foundational black American? to be the superior culture and win that white validation. It's all about respectability politics. And to do this, you have to pretend for positionality. Pretend what? You got to deny, ignore, refute any and all claims of systemic white supremacy and the negative effects that it's had over the, on the black community over the last 60, 70 years. Okay? This is part of the flat blackness initiative, all right? This is why they accept and glorify the Nigerian doctor and abhor and disown and mislabel the criminals. You know, the crimes of the criminals fall on flat blackness. This is why FBA is being a brunt of the negative stigma of black criminality, all right? So this is about respectability politics. Whoever distinguishes themselves the furthest away from foundational black Americans wins in the respectability game as the model minority. So remember, those who peacock for the white validation of model minority are actually trying to undermine the foundation of Black American. It's all about the respectability politics, 
all right? Like you'll see Pearl. Pearl says stuff like, oh, but black immigrants work hard. And Candace will say stuff like, well, black immigrants come from two-parent nuclear households and, and don't have the same family issues as black Americans when 80% of the kids in Jamaica are going out of wedlock and 70% are paternity fraud. And then anti damage what did anti damage say? Oh, black immigrants, they come here every day. They outwork you. They focus. Those respectability politics. Who is better than the foundational black American? That is supposed to be the bottom. Any of us FDA people are supposed to be the bottom, particularly in America, right? So if you're coming to America with an evil last name or a Yoruba last name, or if you were even born in America, with evil last name or your last name, you know, from from my experiences and from what I've been told by many of Nigerian and different other brothers and sisters that I know from, from the continent or who are born here and their people from the continent, yes, your parents definitely make sure that you make that distinction. You're not like those people, right? And, and that you're not like those people comes in many different forms. It comes in the form of respectability politics. It comes in the form of, you know, those people don't value education. And those people um, use, you know, use this talk of white supremacy as, as victim mentality, right? So it comes in many forms. Sometimes it's not just the overt, yeah, you're not like those people. We don't make excuses over here. Yeah, sometimes it comes in like that. Oftentimes it comes in a little different. Excuse my background, hopefully you guys can still hear me, right? But sometimes it comes in different and comes in a different form, right? Which once again is the respectability part. Yeah, we don't we don't buy into it, and we're not going to spend our money on this stupid hip hop theater, right? For for so much money, right? And you're not going to listen to that crap, right? And what are you telling your children? Everything that is black American is bad and wrong, right? Now, 20 years later, 25 years later, 30 years later, when your son comes home with a white girl and when your daughter comes home with a white boy, right? Now everybody in the, in the house is looking, the mom and the dad in the house are looking like, oh, well, I mean, it's better than them bringing home those Akadas, <laughs> right? And no, this is not just an exclusively, you know, African thing. Yes, there were Caribbeans that played that same game, right? But we're, we're different. We have culture. Those Black Americans don't have culture, right? Those Black Americans use everything. They don't read. They don't take school seriously. They're, they're in the position they're in because they don't try for enough, right? But in reality, what it really is is, okay, we we got to distance ourselves from this because white people got a hard on for stepping on AOS FDA in particular, and we gotta distance ourselves from those people. It's really cowardly, actually. Some of it is, you know, a superiority complex, and then the rest of it is really, I mean, we gotta distance ourselves from those people because we, we have to emphasize our Yerbo or Ebo last name. We gotta let people know we're traveling from. We gotta make sure that people know we ain't them. Don't treat us like them, we're not them. Right? So, Yes, I've been privy to many of conversations, right? As the lone, you know, and, and sometimes, sometimes, sometimes there's other brothers and sisters that, that, that are with me on this from the diaspora or whose parents are from the diaspora. But oftentimes it's as the lone um, 
non-FDA, non-ADOS, same person in the room, right? You are privy to these conversations. And by the way, not just coming from black people from across the diaspora, but definitely non-black people. You ain't seen nothing. If you think black people from the diaspora sound bad, you don't want to hear the South Asians and the East Asians, right? You don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear the conversation of involving arrows. Now, once again, not all, because I've definitely been in rooms where people know exactly the game that's being played and they're not falling for it. All right. They're not falling for it. And they don't buy into it. They don't they don't buy into the model minority. But I have been around East Asians that do not believe in the model minority. Right? But that's that's few. That's few. Most of them play into it, even the ones that don't believe in play into it, because it's better than being Negroes. Right? It's better than being treated like Negroes. You know? So we have to be honest, and that's the thing. Something else that Sarsi Pete said um, that I thought was very interesting was the talk of the monetization of YouTube. And I tend to agree. Um, by the way, like, share, subscribe, hit the super chat. Yeah, finally somebody said it, you know, and, and we need it from the mouth of someone who is a black immigrant, because, you know, if us foundational black Americans say it, you know, we're just saying it because we're xenophobic. So, respect to Brother um, Mr. Z for even pointing that out. Now, I realize I was playing the wrong clip a minute ago, but y'all still needed to hear that. So it's all about pretending for positionality, right? So he was speaking about, and y'all got to understand how important it is for them to act like systemic white supremacy doesn't exist. Remember, that plays into the whole superior culture narrative. You know, the whole Black Americans is lazy, they don't want to work, they don't value education, because there's nothing systemic. Because if we can come here and succeed, why can't you? All right? So, you know, he said it's all about claiming the label of being a model minority. That's the that's the battle that Haitian immigrants, Jamaican immigrants, and African immigrants are locked into. You know, who's going to claim the title of the model minority? It's about respectability politics. He who sets himself the furthest apart from the Black American wins. You get it? Respectability politics. That's why everything foundational Black American is wrong. Like he said, when they come over here, you will not listen to that rap. You will not dress like them. You know, they try their best not to dress like us, but they'll have on the Thames, the Nikes, the Levi's or whatever, and, and then have on the Kente shirt. You know, they'll change it a little bit here or there, and they won't wear the baseball cap like us. All right? They'll rock the tether hairline. All right, they don't listen to our music. Funny thing is, I was working on my car the other day. I'm under the hood, and this uh, African dude, he got stopped at the light, so he was kind of parallel to my car. He was blasting his music or whatever, and he was listening to rap music, but it was African, right? And I looked over at him, and we caught eye contact, and that nigga shut that shit off. <laughs> Like, yeah, 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 yeah. They listen to rap, but they're not going to listen to our shit. So they making their own shit, okay? 
but that's why they have always distinguished themselves from us and have always handed us flat blackness while they're Nigerian doctors. Okay? So, um, and, and this gives me more insight to why Akin Tunde does what he does. You know, he puts out his episodes with nothing but black Americans doing crimes. Anytime a black immigrant commits a crime, he completely negates that show, no matter that 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 story, no matter how big it is. You know, it could be a mass shooting, killing of, of 18 done by a black immigrant, he will completely ignore it. Or if he does do the episode, he'll try not to bring that fact up. Try to play it off like the American. And do it all in mixed company. All right? Because it's about respectability politics. So they, they got agents like Akintunde that promote all black crime is black American. All while all immigrants out here achieving, working hard, not taking shortcuts, value education, value hard work, all the same. Like they're a hard working, studious monolith, and we're a lazy criminal monolith. You get what I'm saying? All right, but um, let me get back to that piece that I originally wanted to do, okay? The undeclared war to be the face of global blackness and what hinders the relationship between black Americans and those throughout the diaspora, those from Jamaica, Haiti, and the continent of Africa. All right, like I said, once again, respect to Mr. Z. And another thing you notice too, you notice how many black immigrants are here on social media trying to gaslight foundational black Americans about bricks? Oh, look, y'all economy collapsing. Oh, look, the dollar ain't going to be worth nothing. Oh, y'all money losing value type shit. You know, no royalty to nothing, to no one. Just border hot, coming to your shit, fuck it up. And then once you start going through some shit, laugh at you, throw it in your face, and then leave and flee back towards where they fled. <laughs> Because everybody got a stake, right? Nigerians are the most populous group of black people as a country, right? And in America, they have the most PhDs per capita, so they think they should be the face. Meanwhile, they don't have no real black consciousness. That's why you can't be the face. Plus, y'all tribalists as hell. That's why y'all can't be the face. Sorry. For a super small country with a super small population, the Jamaicans think they should be a face because they produce so much culture for a really small population. Still can't be the face. Right? Half the country's on some super pro-black stuff. The other half of the country think you can seed off the world, and that's how you'll make the world black. Just by piping every 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 non-black woman on the planet. Trust me, I've been around too many Jamaicans. They really think you can seed off the world and that'll fix everything. 
any anybody who's been around some of my some of my rosters, y'all already know I'm telling the truth, including my Jamaican subscribers. Right? And they on some free love thing and they don't see race thing. Not the pro-black Jamaicans, the other Jamaicans, oh yeah, they really on some free love thing and this race thing is, I don't really know, and they play all whimsical with it. Nope, that's why you can't be the face. And quite frankly, as Haitian descent, we just too poor. <laughs> we just too poor. I ain't been a lot of y'all. Plus there's the language barrier. Right? It's the language barrier. It's the poverty. And it's the fact that America and other Western powers say, yeah, okay, you were the first to free yourselves and the way you freed yourselves, yeah, we're going to keep our foot on their neck indefinitely. We can never let you get, get money. We can never let you be an example of anything positive outside of this one thing. Right? So those are the three contenders outside of AUS FBA that I really think they should be. Right? Kind of the face of the movement. And Jason, first of all, Jason, wait a minute. When you were selling, when you were saying, you know, Nigeria's not a real place, and essentially what Jason was saying is these tribes were put in the same air quotes nation as each other because of the way the Europeans carved up Africa. He's 100 percent correct about that. All right, so shout out to Mr. Z. You haven't heard of the brother or, or sub to the brother, go check him out. So, and let me point out one more time that Mr. Z is an immigrant. His people hail from Haiti. And the reason why that's important is because he's actually revealing what most black immigrants deny, that there's an unspoken, unwritten, undeclared secret war of positionality to be the face of global blackness. And being that foundational black Americans are currently the face of global blackness, we have to be usurped. Then Mr. Z goes into breaking down the reason why foundational black Americans cannot unite with other diaspora blacks from Jamaica, Haiti, or Africa. And it's because you cannot become allies with those that want to replace you. Predator and prey do not commingle. Black immigrants consider foundational black Americans an op. They see the target from the white supremacist dominant society has on our back. So they know that they have to separate themselves. Like Mr. Z said, it's, it's quite cowardly. Most black immigrants are so desperate to leave their dysfunctional third world countries that they'll do anything to sabotage and undermine the foundation of black American to do it in order to take our place. That's why we began to notice in our delineation that there is no kinsmanship, just tribalism. 
You know, and the jealousy and the envy for the foundation of Black Americans is too prominent to ignore. Now, none of these Black immigrants would admit that, but when you hear conversation like, oh, you lucky, you grew up in the first world, you grew up with TVs, y'all grew up with schools, y'all grew up in a first world environment with electricity and running water. You know, that might sound like basic comparisons, you know, but that is actually the jealousy and envy that they harbor for the foundation of Black Americans that we benefited from being close to the white man, all right? And foundational Black Americans being the face of global Blackness upsets those throughout the diaspora. Why does that upset most Black immigrants throughout the diaspora that foundational Black Americans are the global face of Blackness? Because remember, um, we're all pookies and pookishas. None of us were born in wedlock. None of us know our father. None of us finished high school. None of us went to college. All of us have felonies. And all of us do and sell drugs. I mean, the lies and the propaganda that they've created in order to mean and disrespect us, I mean, they begin to believe their own lies about us. So why are Black Americans the face of global Blackness? Because we made it cool to be Black. Black Africans, Black Jamaicans, Black Haitians want to come to America because of the foundation of Black American doing well. Not because they saw white people doing well. White people doing well in America don't translate to Jamaicans, Africans, and Haitians doing well. They saw the Eddie Murphys, the Gay Chappelles, the Denzel Washingtons, the 80s. The, you know, in the 80s, we made being Black cold. The Run DMCs, the LL Cool J's, the Michael Jacksons, Diana Ross's, Whitney Houston's. That's all foundational Black Americans. The Michael Jordans, right? We the Princes, the Quincy Joneses, we the MLKs, and the Malcolm X's. So we added swag to the world. You know, we redefined pop culture, which rules the world. After the monetary system and a standard military, what rules the world? Pop culture. So that's television, that's entertainment, sports and comedy music, business, the way that Foundational Black Americans affected the fashion industry. Matter of fact, Foundational Black Americans have been so successful through the 80s and the 90s, the white man's plans went into overdrive in order to destroy our population. Silent weapons and quiet wars have been placed upon the necks of the Foundational Black Americans. Now, what were the reasons, Mr. Z said individually, why each one of these groups was engaged, listen to me, in a gaslighting, slavery, white supremacy, denial campaign. Y'all notice that, right? Candace Owens. Hmm? Yeah, she gaslights us all day with slavery and white supremacy denial, right? Systemic white supremacy denial. And we see the Jamaicans, we see the Africans, and we see the Haitians participating in this benign denial. And benign denial goes along with benign neglect. Okay? So first he said the Africans. He used the Nigerians specifically. He said they feel as though they should be the face of global blackness because they have the biggest populace, the largest group of concentrated blacks. So we have about 45 million here. They have about 400 million there. Okay? Um, they have the most PhDs per capita, the highest... Uh, IQ per capita, the most doctors and engineers per capita. Look, we all know comparing 1 million Africans 
to 45 million foundational black Americans is a skewed statistic that is not big enough for any type of being comparative analysis. But he said it was due to the tribalism. Africans are too tribal. They don't like others throughout the diaspora, so they wouldn't be good ambassadors for the diaspora. They trust no one. No one trusts them. Tribal people will always see others as outsiders. So the Africans aren't social enough to be the face of global blackness. Nobody's as social as the foundation of black American. We're welcoming to all until you prove yourself to be a tether. Then he said the number one reason Africans can't be the face of global blackness is because they have no black consciousness. They're newborns. They're infants politically. They're infants economically. They're infants socially. You know, pro-blackness or black consciousness comes from the foundation of black America. That's public enemy. That's the Black Panthers. That's the Nation of Islam. Regardless of who you say started, or white men started the Nation of Islam, it was still black consciousness. All right? The Moors, the Hebrew Israelites. You know, Marcus Garvey, though the brother was Jamaican, where did he have to bring his movement? To the home of black consciousness. So, so blacks have always been the social conscious heartbeat of blackness globally. Now, Jamaicans do have some, you know, as far as, you know, take the music of Bob Marley. That's pro-black consciousness. You know, the Rastafarians. You know, that's pro-black consciousness, you know. And speaking of the Jamaicans, he also referred to the Jamaicans. He said the Jamaicans feel as though they should be the face of global blackness because they have the smallest populace, have a small island, but yet and still have um, such a humongous ethnic footprint. You know, everywhere you go, you, you know, you see Jamaicans. You know, you can distinguish those from Jamaica, from those from America, from those from Africa for the most part. All right. However, he said that Jamaicans can't be the face of global blackness because they're too wishy-washy about racism. He said they on that free love bullshit. They too whimsical. One love, one art. Let's get together and feel all right to Jamaica. <laughs> you know, and they on that free love shit. They too whimsical. He said you got one section that's straight, hardcore, pro-black consciousness. Then another section that's free love. Out here trying to marry a white woman, trying to marry outside their race. So Jamaicans can't be the face of global blackness. Then he referred to his own people, the Haitians. This is he said that the Haitians can't be the face of global blackness because they're the face of global rebellion. It's in their nature to be rebellious, so they're disqualified. You know, the Haitian Revolution gave them the scarlet letter of global blackness. All right, so. And then he said it's the language barrier um, and poverty. Yeah, poverty. <laughs> the Haitians are just too poor to be the global face of blackness. So let's recap everything we just spoke about. The face of global blackness, a war of positionality, benign neglect and benign denial. You know, um, the dominant white supremacist society suppresses us through benign neglect. They raise up other immigrant populations 
with tangibles, with resources. They create programs to assist these immigrants with housing, the purchasing of homes, educational grants, cash assistance, food and medical assistance, and low-interest business loans and programs not accessible by the foundation of Black America. And that's fucked up. You know, I see a lot of Africans point out that um that book, how Europe underdeveloped Africa through colonization, that it was a type of redlining of all the resources. But for some reason, they don't understand how America underdeveloped the foundational Black American. Benign neglect leads to benign denial. So it's part of the psychological campaign to make foundational black Americans think they're crazy. This is a psychological campaign. What white supremacy? What 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 uh corrupt uh systemic criminal justice system? What what racism in policing? What 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 racism in corporate America? <laughs> what are you talking about, Willis? You know, foundational black Americans are the what you talking about, Willis people? when it comes to black immigrants. Now, to my black immigrants, um, one reason why it doesn't seem as though we value the educational system here in America as much as you do is because you're new to it. And actually, we read through this history book and we go through this education and our contributions have been omitted. You know, how would you feel if you know you contributed to something, right? Let's, I, I'll use a real small um, analogy. Here it is. You produced a song, okay? Um, it went on to be the number one song in the world, highest selling song in the world. And then when the artist went to get their Grammy, they didn't mention it. I'd like to thank my mother. I'd like to thank the sound man, the light guy. I'd like to thank the, and you sit right there in the crowd like, okay. Uh, 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 what about the, you know, I made the beat, but I'll be making the beat, there's no song. So what's foundational black Americans that have been omitted from that in which we've contributed to this country? So yeah, it pissed off me. It's not that we don't value education, it's that we don't value the lies of the American educational system. Big difference. Now, I also want to say this too, shout out to Philip Scott for starting to turn a new leaf. And I did an episode last week showing a clip of him to where um, he said that, well, he's starting to realize why uh, black Americans aren't going over to Africa is because the hostility coming from the Africans, the ones that are there are telling us don't come and the ones that are here are telling us don't go. You know, because there's some people that came in my comment section and say, yeah, because I was tired of the gaslighting. Because, Phil, you was on some gaslighting shit. You know, you even blocked me one time in one of your live streams because I came into the live stream with the fist emoji, the American flag, and I said FBA. And Phil just, and I wasn't the only one. There's a couple people in there, FBA, Ados, and Phil was like, block all the people in here with, with coming up in here with all of that divisive stuff. And I was typing, Phil, like, Phil, I'm not being divisive. I'm just saying FBA, bro. And, and Phil wasn't trying to hear it. So Phil is starting to slowly but surely turn over a new leaf. When he starts to realize that there is no relocation on mass of foundational black Americans in Africa. Logistically, it just doesn't work. And the people over there don't want it. 
And like somebody said in my um, comment section, I've become accustomed to the devil over here. I'm not trying to go over there and learn a new devil. As well as um, statements made recently by um, Anton Daniels that um, I played a sample of on my channel before he gave me a copyright strike. But even him, he said, when it comes to reparations, Foundation Black Brown, I hope y'all never get it. Matter of fact, I'm going to be on the committee. I'm going to make sure y'all don't get it because y'all going to mess up my dollar. Right? If foundational black Americans get reparations, it would actually cut off the city and cut off the faucet to a lot of foreign outreach. So this is another reason why immigrants don't want foundational black Americans to get reparations. Remember, this is a respectability politics campaign. In order to be respected, you have to participate in the benign neglect and benign denial of the foundational black American in order to set yourself apart. Do not join them. You see the Africans joining us? No. You see the Haitians joining? No. You see the Jamaicans? No. So I'm respectable because I ain't black. I'm Nigerian. I'm Jamaican. I'm Haitian. I'm not those ninjas. This is for positionality. Blacks, foundational black Americans are fading. Their global influence is waning. They're forcibly being gentrified out of America as immigrant populations rise. The foundational Black American population declines. So it's time to strike while the iron is hot. The foundational Black American in the 60s and 70s proved himself too powerful to remain united. So the white dominant society constructed a plan of silent weapons and quiet wars to divide and conquer that black population. So the fix is in and the black immigrants are in on it. Respect to Mr. Z. <laughs> and to the black immigrants out there um, that are our allies and align themselves with us, no, I am not speaking in absolutes. I know there's some riders out there, but we talk about the majority. Foundational black Americans, we're trying to clean house. We're trying to even clean house of the foundational black Americans that serve us no purpose. So don't take it personal. And to any of the black immigrants want to come in here and talk about uh, FBA is a cult that Tyreek Nasheed started. This is bigger than Tyreek Nasheed. The self-identification of the foundational black American is way bigger than Tyreek Nasheed. He only added the word foundational in front of what we already are, which is black Americans. And he did that with the blessing of Dr. Cord Anderson, someone who we respect in the B1 community. So don't conflate our self-identifying with your issues with the comedian, film producer, show promoter, author, and self-titled race beta Tariq Nasheed. You will not replace us. Thank <laughs> you. 
Thank <laughs> you. 